Yo, what's happening, everybody? My name is Anthony Carrenti, and thank you, as always, for checking out another episode of the Dynasty Drive. I appreciate all of the support, as always. We are just under a week away from the 2022 NFL Draft, so we're going to wrap things up today talking top quarterbacks, top tight ends, kind of put a bow on a little bit of this short series of who some of my uh, top prospects are at their respective positions as we head into the draft. Before we get into that, just a reminder, uh, if you're new here or if this is the first time you're listening to the podcast, we appreciate you checking it out. You can follow me on Twitter at Dynasty Drive. You can follow the show on Instagram at the Dynasty Drive. You can like the show on Facebook. Uh, and please, if you would consider subscribing or following the podcast on whatever your preferred podcast platform is, uh, it would be greatly appreciated. We've got new episodes every Friday through rookie season, through the off season, through the regular season, we're not slowing down anytime soon. So uh, we'll have plenty of content coming post-draft and through the rest of summer as well. So make sure to follow or subscribe to the podcast. And if you're into it, uh, if you could rate five stars and leave a review, that stuff's super appreciated as well. If not, no big deal. So like I said at the beginning today, putting a little bit of a bow on these pre-draft rankings for fantasy purposes. We've gone through the wide receivers. We've gone through the running backs. Today, we've got quarterbacks and tight ends. Uh, let's start with the quarterback position. And I think it's important for me to kind of preface this with the position is, uh, yeah, it's <laughs> less than ideal this year, I think. Uh, I'm less bullish on Malik Willis than some others. Malik Willis is my QB1. Um, but that is more, I think, about the rest of the class than it is about him as a prospect. I don't think Malik is some can't-miss prospect. Uh, I understand the upside that he offers from a rushing perspective and how that supplements his floor from a fantasy football value perspective, and that's the reason for me why he is QB1. Um, I think there are concerns, though, with him as a passer, and I think that does matter um, for a quarterback to take hold of a job and keep it and, you know, continued growth. It's great to be a running quarterback for the upside that it offers us and for the floor that it offers us from a scoring perspective in fantasy. But eventually you have to contribute on a consistent basis as a passer as well. And I think Malik Willis has a lot of growing to do in that regard. Not that he can't. He's got a big arm, uh, but he needs to rein in the accuracy. And there's work to be done. He's raw, um, you know, and not that he can't develop that or hone it in. I know Josh Allen will be the example that a lot of people point to of reigning in the accuracy and kind of continuing that development and growth as a passer. But Malik Willis has his work cut out for him. He's going to be a first round pick, so he's going to end up being the 101 in plenty of super flex drafts. For me, I likely won't take him 101 anywhere. Um, but yeah, that's it's just kind of a different strokes for different folks thing. Not that I'm super, super down on Malik. Like I said, he's still QB1 in this class for me. Uh, but there are, I think, more questions um, than some people would like to point out at this point with his game. QB2, uh, for me, I think, and this is probably where it veers a little bit off from some other people's rankings, QB2 for me is Sam Howell. I think Sam Howell is kind of the perfect example of we're a little bored with the prospect. And like all of these guys on this list, not that he doesn't have flaws in his game, but, you know, two years ago it was hot new quarterback in town, Sam Howell. 
then, you know, big sophomore year. And then a lot of his supporting cast around him leaves. And instead of seeing, you know, big passing numbers this year, and, you know, not to say everybody, he's still had Josh Downs, but um, he supplemented that with rushing yards of his own. And I know a lot of the touchdowns and some of the longer runs were product of some pretty poor tackling. Um, but Sam Howell, having shown us that he can chip in some rushing yards, that he's a tough, competitive quarterback, uh, and I think from an arm talent perspective, can do just as much as really most of these guys on this list. I think Sam Howell, uh, I'm not convinced he's going to go round one in the NFL draft. I think there's a chance he could go early day two, uh, early round two specifically. And um, if that's the case, I think he's still going to get a chance to be a starting quarterback someplace pretty early on. Uh, I would love to see if he lands someplace like Pittsburgh with a full complement of weapons already. I've pointed out that's kind of my ideal landing spot for him. So we'll see that if that does kind of come to fruition. QB3 for me is Matt Corral. I've moved him up a little bit over some of the other guys. I think just the way the NFL is going and what his kind of skill set is, it kind of uh, lends itself more to the modern NFL more than some of the other guys further down on the list. Uh, one Probably the one of the players on this list that I'm most curious to see what the NFL thinks. Um, I think there's a chance that one of either him or Howell goes round one. I don't think both of them will go round one. Uh, and that will be interesting to me because if Matt Corral goes round one over somebody like Sam Howell, a landing spot will be interesting to see how th- that kind of affects these rankings post-draft as well. Number four is Kenny Pickett. and uh, Kenny Pickett is probably the biggest faller on this list for me. Um, after going back and watching Pickett again, I was less impressed than I was the first time around. Uh, I think he gets... Uh, not too much credit. I don't want to say that and like slight the player overall. That's not fair, but there's a lot of times he gets bailed out um, by some really good receiver play. And I just, he's going to go round one and he's going to go round one in super flex drafts likely. And it will mean that I have no shares of him. Um, But I do wonder about, you know, kind of one super outlier year, older prospect, is it because he's beaten up on younger competition? Those things matter, and I, you want players to get better as they get older. But um, I have some concerns with Kenny Pickett. The hand size thing is fun to make fun of a little bit, but it is also betting on something, silly or not, uh, trait-wise to be a super outlier. So I do think it matters to a degree. Number five is Carson Strong, and I feel bad about that because I love Carson Strong from a player perspective. Carson Strong has the best arm in this class. And it's really not close. Um, People kill him for being a statue and, you know, the, oh, he's got negative rushing yards. And it's like, okay, yeah, I get it. He's not a running quarterback. And we know that sacks count as negative rushing yards in college football. But um, I think that it's the lack of mobility is kind of confused with not being a running quarterback. He's not mobile per se, but I think he can do enough to maneuver within the pocket the concerns for me are what's the deal with the knee? Is there big long-term medical concerns? How early will an NFL team invest in him? And do they think he's the future? Because from an arm perspective, none of these guys can rip it like Carson Strong. I'm sorry, they just can't. He's got the best arm in the class. Um, and sure, what he lacks from a rushing perspective that everybody craves at the quarterback position, he makes up for with an incredible arm. Uh, hopefully the knee is okay. I'd love to see him have a long career and kind of outperform what people are expecting of him. 
Uh, but yeah, the, the knee is a question mark and the medical has been kind of murky. Number six is Desmond Ritter. I'll be honest, I don't like Desmond Ritter. Um, not my kind of quarterback. I think he's got big accuracy issues. I know that there's been reports that the NFL loves him. He's not for me. Uh, I will likely end up with zero shares of Desmond Ritter. Um, yeah, because somebody will buy in because I'm sure a team will take him, if not late round one, early round two, or middle of round two. So someone will take him in the first or second round of super flex drafts, and I'm not going to take a quarterback like Desmond Ritter and pass up on the one uh, the running back and wide receiver talent that will be available to me at that point in time. And number seven is Bailey Zappi, just because I, I I couldn't leave Bailey Zappi off the list. Come on. <laughs> so one through seven, that's Malik Willis at one, Sam Howell at two, Matt Corral at three, Kenny Pickett at four, Carson Strong at five. And Desmond Ritter, six, and Bailey Zappi, number seven. The quarterback class is uninspiring, to say the least, honestly. Um, We could get some hits, and people I know really love Malik. I'm a fan of his, but I think that there's, like I said at the beginning, more growing to do than some people want to pay attention to. Um, So, yeah, this quarterback class is not last year's quarterback class. Honestly, if I was really quarterback needy or, like, for youth at the quarterback position, I would rather be trying to buy uh, one of the guys from last year, whether that's Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance. I've Mac Jones. I've mentioned that all of those guys, all the year two guys from last year would be buys for me in the right scenario. Um, And I like them all more than this entire class. And it's not going to compare to next year's class with Bryce Young and CJ Stroud either. So we're kind of in a weird in-between year. We've gotten spoiled with some pretty, pretty high end quarterback talent lately. And not to say that none of these guys can be that, but it certainly feels like a, a bigger stretch from right now. All right, moving on to tight end. Kind of feels like the forgotten fantasy position sometimes. It always gets lumped in with something else, and I feel bad about that. But uh, tight end, the weird thing this year is no Kyle Pitts, right? There's no prospect like that. There's very rarely a prospect like that, uh, that people know how high level of a kind of Unicorn, I guess, is the best way to put it. Tight end prospect he was. So what it lacks in the headliner in Kyle Pitts, I think it makes up for in depth because I do think it's a pretty deep, deep class at tight end. The interesting thing about that, though, is where these guys will get drafted in rookie drafts because you're not going to have anybody going in the first round like uh, Pitts was a year ago. You'll have some guys coming off the board, I think, mid to late round two. And um, it'll be interesting, though, because some of the deeper guys can go even later than that. And then you're playing the patient tight end game that is required with tight ends and rookie drafts and people forget. So just remember if you're drafting any of these tight ends, you're likely going to need to show a degree of patience to reap any of the benefit or reward just because it's kind of a notoriously tough position to transition to the NFL and get fantasy production immediately. So number one for me is Trey McBride still tight end one. Uh, He's strong, physical, Really, really good hands. Some of the best hands in the draft this year, honestly. Uh, competitive, tough, can block. He could do it all. I know you don't get points for the blocking, but it helps keep him on the field. Um, Trey McBride, to me, is pretty far and away the best tight end in the class and the one that I feel best about making an immediate transition to the NFL. So he is the one that, if I'm going to take one earlier than some of the rest, I'll take Trey McBride towards the back end around two, hopefully. And I would be okay with that. The rest of these guys, I'm gonna pass on taking in the first two rounds. Excuse me, first two rounds in all likelihood. Uh, not to say that they're bad players or anything like that, but just 
that's the way the value is going to fall. So Trey McBride, tight end one. Uh, number two on the list, Greg Dulcich from UCLA. I really, really have moved him up a lot. He was not second-ranked tight end for me coming in. That probably at the start of this whole process would have been Jalen Weidermeyer, but it is not anymore. Um, Greg Dulcich is he's kind of the whole package, honestly. And he's not the run blocker that Trey McBride is, but can uh, chip in blocking when he needs to. Athletic, pretty fast. He's kind of a, a little bit of a do-it-all, and he's really moved up for me after watching the tape. Somebody that I really, really enjoyed watching. Less of a, a thumper, I guess, than some of the other guys on this list, which that's not bad either. But I think he's got some real upside in the receiving game, uh, which obviously vaults him high up for fantasy football rankings. Number three for me is Ohio State's Jeremy Ruckert. I'm a big fan of Ruckert. Jeremy Ruckert, I think, is set for a much better professional career than he had a college career. And that's not to say his college career was bad. It's just to say that he wasn't featured as a pass catcher at a school that is as prolific as it gets with wide receivers right now, playing on a field with you know Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Uh, tougher Ruckert to kind of carve out targets or anything there. So Ruckert, I think, is somebody that uses his body really well to separate at the catch point. Uh, not going to run away from a lot of people or wow you with kind of quickness or, uh, you know, long speed or anything like that, but knows how to use his frame, uh, can kind of shield defenders and use that big body to kind of leverage situations. Uh, there's times where he runs, like reminds me a little bit of later career Jason Witten, uh, and that's not a bad thing. You know, you're going to get fantasy production out of guys like that sometimes. So, uh, maybe not the flashiest guy on the list, but I think could have a really long, solid professional career. Jeremy Ruckert. Number four for me is Isaiah Likely. Upside. I think he's got crazy receiving upside, uh, and that's what it all is for me. It, it, you know, We're already at the point on this list where it could end up going pretty bad for a number of these guys just because there's not a lot of tight end hits every year. J- quick example, like just look at how barren the landscape is at tight end in fantasy football and why every year we're always saying it's a positional advantage to have one of the high level guys like Pitts or uh, Kittle or um, Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller or Mark Andrews, any of these guys, right? Not a lot of them hit. Isaiah likely, I think at least has the upside that works, excuse me, the upside that makes it worth rolling the dice on uh, that he could contribute as a full blown move tight end. I think he's somebody that will get, should get featured just as a pass catcher, almost like a big slot. Number five is Charlie Kolar. Um, I thought Kolar would have declared last year. He went to, ended up going back to school. A lot of what I said about Jeremy Ruckert, I think, holds true with Kolar as well. Uh, I think he's got soft hands. I think he's good in the red zone, uh, uses his body, not flashy. And let's lump, lump the next guy in with that too, Kate Otten. I think these guys at five and six are kind of both in the mold of, I don't want to say forgettable because that's not the right word and that sounds like I'm doing them a disservice, but what I mean is they don't have that, you know, like sizzling upside that you look for sometimes, but they're probably going to be rock solid and the NFL is going to love that. Um, And, you know, the tight end position, rock solid is sometimes all you really need. Number seven is Jelani Woods. Uh, I know everybody loves Jelani Woods upside right now. Athletic freak. Uh, But you're betting on traits. So is it worth a gamble? Yeah. Uh, But I think it's really, really tough 
to to bet on that with any sort of uh, confidence or high confidence level. But you could do a lot worse than betting on a supremely talented athlete late in rookie drafts, right? Like that's what kind of what we're doing at most positions anyway, late on in rookie drafts is how do I maximize this pick and get the best return out of it? And, you know, swinging on huge athletic upside makes some sense. Number eight is Grant, uh, Grant Calcaterra. Good story. It's good to see Grant Calcaterra playing football again after, you know, a, a brief medical retirement. So I'm hoping the best for him. Um, fun player, exciting player. Good to see him back on the field. Medical concerns are what pushes him down, but it will be really interesting to see how early the NFL selects him because could definitely find himself moving way up these rankings. Um, excuse me. <clears throat> if an NFL team buys in early enough, you know, mid to late day two, something like that. Uh, then Calcaterra could really find himself moving up these rankings ahead of some of the other guys that we've just went over. Number nine is Jake Ferguson and maybe uh, my favorite kind of late target at tight end. Somebody that I think you'll have to be patient with and, you know, it's not going to be a 2022 play. Maybe you have to wait till 2023 or even 2024. Sometimes it takes two, three years for these tight ends, but somebody that down the road I think could really emerge uh, as a solid tight end in the NFL. So if you've got the spot on your bench, or at least on a taxi spot this year or something, I think Ferguson is somebody worth uh, hanging on to in the long term to kind of see what those potential rewards could be two, three years down the road. And number 10, we mentioned him earlier, the biggest faller, Jalen Weidermeyer. It's been a bad pre-draft process for Weidermeyer. Um but I, you know, I can't take him out of the top 10. He has been talked about for what feels like forever. The past couple of years, it felt like coming into this year that he would be, you know, the top name at tight end. And then guys like McBride come out and, you know, separate themselves from the pack. Weidermeyer, I think as bad as some of the testing has been, it wouldn't shock me if an NFL team still convinced themselves to take him earlier than they probably should. So for that reason, I'm going to keep him in my top 10 um, just based on what we've seen, you know, some pretty good tape over the years. Despite a disappointing pre-draft process, we'll keep him in the top 10 and see where an NFL team buys in. Now, if he goes late day three or undrafted, it's over, right? Like I'll probably be all the way out then, but for now, I'll keep him in. So that's the top 10 tight ends. Again, one through 10, we got Trey McBride, Greg Dulcich, uh, Jeremy Ruckert, Isaiah Likely, Charlie Kolar, Kate Otten, Jelani Woods, Grant Calcaterra, Jake Ferguson, and Jalen Weidermeyer. And again, one more time at quarterback, Malik Willis, Sam Howell, Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Carson Strong, Desmond Ritter, and Bailey Zappi. So that pretty much rounds out this uh, pre-draft process. We got the draft next week. So the next episode of this show will be after the first round of the NFL draft. So I don't know what else there could possibly be to do than wait till round one's over and record that episode immediately afterwards, reacting to the best, the worst, our favorite, our least favorite landing spots, what we think about all the fantasy-relevant stuff that happens in round one. So make sure that you're subscribed, follow the podcast, keep it locked in here on the channel, on the feed, and... Uh, we're going to get right to it after the NFL draft. I'm going to do a full reaction to round one next week. I'll try and do the same with day two and day three. 
uh, probably some shorter form stuff just based on what my personal schedule is. But yeah, that's what we're going to plan on doing. Uh, I appreciate everybody taking and listen to the show as always. And we'll be back next week talking 2022 NFL draft. We pretty much made it. So hang in there one more week and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks. Yeah.